there she blows. Episode, <laughs> can you see that, Pete? Yep. 138. 138, not bad. That's a that's a nice streak. I, I want to apologize right out of the gate, although our guy Jared says things are going pretty well. But uh, I'm outside here because I'm still fixing some stuff from Ian John inside my house. When we did have a little bit of water come in the house, we uh, we had some issues with the floors and guys are changing them out. But anyway, so that's my, my that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks nice. I, I love the blue sky. Uh, yeah, welcome gorgeous. to the Rebel's Edge, folks. If you're returning, welcome. But remember, it's your responsibility to share it with some friends. And uh, Jared is going to be handling all of the graphics you see. Pete is going to be handling uh, most everything, and I just get to kind of flip through the topics. <laughs> but Not we're true. about to start and kick it off with the Macro Minute, because that's all we give macro, folks. Again, you can get that all day long on CNBC, and if that's what you want, go for it. Here we go. The yield on the 10-year note, Pete, sliding under 3.6, but the two-year back up over like you said, and pushing to 420. So in other words, we've got that inversion extending, which means even more likely we're going to see a recession, Pete. Yep. And on top of that, John, you know, we all know it's earnings season, but there's some earnings that are really kind of weighing on things right now. And if you check out what it's really themselves from a macro perspective, you can actually bring it down to the micro and Look and see J and J, despite the fact their numbers were extremely strong, Goldman Sachs, which was down a little bit as well, being pulled a little bit. That's what I'm seeing from a macro perspective, John, because that is affecting the markets themselves. Yep, always does. You're exactly right, Pete. So let's dive into fantastic futures. Fantastic futures. <laughs> Nice. Uh, fantastic. What do you got, man? Well, um, I am very happy, by the way, Pete. I'm happy that I'm going to get a, uh, um, a much faster internet up here in our place in San Juan. That's what I'm happy about. So let's take a look. Uh-oh. I think we lost John. Harry's back. We did. <laughs> oh, am I back? <laughs> All right. You're back. Well, um, He's back, baby. here's what we got to focus on, Pete. Uh, frozen concentrated orange juice. <laughs> frozen OJ is up big on the year, and it's up big again today. And remember, the Duke brothers tried to corner the market on it way back when. <laughs> the medals are certainly... Been on fire, continue to be on fire. You've got copper up 5% for the month. You've got gold up 8% for the month. You've got silver up 12%. We have had a really big run in the metals. That continues. And that's it for Fantastic Futures. Fantastic Futures. <laughs> well, if I am indeed back, Pete. Um, you are. Then I'm happy to be back. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, again, we've got a new internet being installed here in the building today. Um, 
So what about this one, Pete? Teladoc. Teladoc. Um, I looked for what the news was, and the news appears to be, Pete, that they're going to be offering uh, basically weight control or weight management, I guess they call it. They're going to be using the same drugs that other doctors are prescribing for people who are fighting obesity and trying to get away from diabetes a little bit further. So Teladoc, which famously popped big and then flamed out after uh, the crisis occurred with uh, COVID, now they're going to be managing people's uh, weight. Yeah, well, you know, they're expanding, John, and that tends to be something that could be very good. That's an interpretation at least. Well, Pete, sorry about that. Um, I, I know Pete had a lot to say, and uh, I guess we're having some uh, connection issues today. Sorry, Pete. Uh, but yeah, Teladoc, we've already pretty much covered that. Let's talk a little bit about blue um, because Bellus Health, which is the symbol BLU, um, is, uh, oh, you know what? And I jumped right over Riot and Mara. Darn it. Sorry about that, Pete. That's what happens when the internet's cutting in and out today. Um, well, Riot and Mara were up big, and we did have unusual activity. I'm sorry, Jared, that uh, I wasn't able to cover that accurately because my internet was cutting in and out. So I apologize. There we he had uh, Riot <laughs> blockchain up there. Thank you, Jared. Um, we did have strong activity, in particular in Mara, and that paid off huge, uh, and we were able to uh, profit mightily off that. It has not stopped yet. That activity, they're apparently feasting, I think, Pete and Jared off of the uh, uh, basically shorts in here because Mara and Riot both attracted a lot of shorts. Uh, they were up double where they're up right now. They were up about 7% again today, but they've both given back about half of that. Uh, so we will keep our eye on that. And if... Uh, Pete is not back, which it looks like he's not. I'm going to continue on to uh, Blue, BLU, because GlaxoSmithKline is going to be jumping in, I guess, Jared, to a bunch of these, uh, you know, basically competition for the biotechs. Now, they're proposing a multi-billion dollar takeover of Bellis Health, um, and uh, that caused GlaxoSmithKline to be going down and Bellis or BLU to be going up. Uh, they've got treatment for a chronic cough uh, that I guess enough people have that this is a pretty lucrative treatment. It's already in phase three trials. And you guys know when Pete and I talk about it that you've got phase one, phase two, and phase three. Uh, and it's a question of do you have enough cash to get over the finish line? And now we know they will, because with GlaxoSmithKline, not only will they be able to finish this uh, uh, phase three trial, but GlaxoSmithKline has the access to get distribution. So that's a pretty interesting deal. BLU is up 98% today. All right, let's uh, go down to Catalent then. CTLT is the symbol for Catalent. And Catalent is a provider of uh, solutions for drugs, um, gene therapies, and so forth. Well, yesterday, 
Bloomberg said that Danaher was going to step away. They weren't going to go after him after all, after they looked at it pretty hard. Um, well, it turns out that costs are significantly higher for this company than they were last year. Their CFO is also departing. So if you will, I would say, folks, that this is one of those situations where you've got, you know, a perfect storm, all bad. You've got your costs up, which caused, uh, you know, Danaher to step away. You've got the CFO stepping away, not, uh, you know, not at least it doesn't seem like there's some games being played or anything, but perhaps because he thought Danaher was going to come in and take him over and he started to look for another job already. Well, that deal isn't happening. And the stock was 63 last Thursday. Bang, on Friday it falls uh, hard and it's continued lower. It hit underneath $43 in the last couple sessions. So pretty ugly day, unfortunately, for these guys. Uh, you never root for it, but you know sometimes that is what happens. And unfortunately, this one uh, having some significant trouble. All right. I don't know if Pete's going to be able to join us for Pete's, sports, but I have Pete's sports for back. us. Oh, I see he's trying to dial back in. <laughs> Probably because he knew that if he left his older brother in charge of sports, it would suck. <laughs> yeah, let's just give him just a second. So I'll tell you what Pete's going to lead us into, folks, and it's going to be uh, his favorites, the Remarkable Rays. That is the Tampa Bay Rays. They're no longer undefeated, um, but he, he says they still are the Bruins of <laughs> baseball. And I can't fault you for that, Pete. No, you know what, John, and I apologize. D difficulties here still. This just shows you how long Ian goes back and some of the effects that are going on. But I'm back at least for now, so I'll get this. Uh, the Rays were 13-0. and that We knew they wouldn't go through the entire season, 162-0. and That was an impossibility. But all that being said, John, they are still undefeated at home. They're still 10-0 and at home. So they've really got something going. And what I think is so interesting about this team is it's not just the reliance on pitching. It's not just the reliance on the bats. The reality is this is a team – that is doing both at an exceptional level. And that's why they look a lot like the Boston Bruins did this year for the NHL. The Boston Bruins had incredible goal keeping as well as scoring. I mean, they, they literally were at the top of the charts and just about everything all year long, at least top two for the entire year. And that is something at least the start of this year, we're only 17 games in, but when you look at it, John, the Yankees, they're a pretty interesting team as well. Obviously, they're going to be a very good team. There are others. The Minnesota Twins have started off pretty nicely as well. But when you really look at what's going on and what the Tampa Bay Rays are able, able to accomplish early on in this, you know, baseball season that we're seeing, it's really been remarkable. And I think it's something worth noting because what they're doing with, with their bats, they've got 115 runs that they've scored already this year. They've only given up 50 total. They've got home runs. They've got nine guys on the team already who have at least three home runs all the way up to four or five home runs. So this isn't just one player that's actually pushing this team or two players. This is a full team effort, and it's really, really interesting to see what they're doing right now. Now, I know it's not going to last the entire year, but mm -hmm. when you look at the pitching, John, and you see them, the, I think they're pitching, yeah, their ERA is 
288 for the entire team. That's not just one pitcher. So if they can keep up this as a team, which is a little bit easier than having just one guy running for you, this could be a really remarkable year for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think it's uh, I think it's something that we want to be the first ones on it and just continue to kind of follow up like we did with the Bruins because it was a record year for the Bruins. This could be a record year for Tampa if they can keep up this pace. Yeah. Well, we all know that uh, the pace uh, usually gets interrupted by something, bad luck, injuries, whatever it might be. And yet I think that uh, the talent on the team is pretty deep, Pete. Mm -hmm. So uh, these aren't just a, a couple pitchers that nobody can hit. Right. Uh, but the defense is strong enough to keep them, like you said, a 2.88 ERA is, you know, you can win a lot of games if you can keep people under three as yeah. far as runs. All right. Uh, what do you got as far as NFL? Who are you looking at now? Well, I think this will be kind of fun, John, because as we're getting closer and closer, the draft is April 27th. So as we get a little bit closer to that draft date, you and I have been kind of breaking down this and breaking down that. Who are the, Who's now in the top five or ten picks and all the rest of that. So I thought it'd be kind of fun today, John, just to kind of shoot this one out there for everybody. And everybody will have their own thoughts on this one. And you and I, I think, have different thoughts on this as well. But so right now, John, who are kind of the sleepers? Who are the guys out there that are going to – maybe it's not where they get picked even necessarily in the draft, but – who is it right now that you're looking at and say, you know what, everybody's talking about these guys. How about this guy kind of a thing? Because C.J. Stroud, of course, you know, Bryce Young, of course, you know, everybody kind of knows these top three or four quarterbacks. They know basically the top three or four at every position. But what kind of sleepers do you have, John? I'll start it off with a quarterback that I really like, Hendon, Hook, Hendon Hooker. Now, what's impressive about this kid is he sounds a little bit like Jalen Hurts, by the way. He can run. He can throw. How about his numbers before he got hurt this year, John? He had 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, and he finished the year with a 69% completion. Nobody's even close to him. I mean, it's, it's amazing how far ahead he is of everybody else. He got that injury. He couldn't play the rest of the year. And then suddenly, you know, everybody forgets about him. I think he would be a great pick for anybody who needs a quarterback two years out, three years out. Let him get healthy. Let him learn the NFL and let this guy be your leader. So that's one. And then we'll I'll hear yours for the quarterback and then we'll try out the wide receiver tight end group. All right. I'm going to go, Pete, with uh, a guy that uh, loves the color orange. Uh, how do I know that? Because he started at Oklahoma State, Pete. Um, and Oklahoma State, of course, famously plays in those really ugly orange uniforms. But then he transferred to Illinois. And it's Wes, uh, Wes, Wes Lunt. And Wes is about 6'5", 6'6", Pete, 225 pounds. So he's a big, prototypical kind of quarterback. He's not all... You know, this is not a real rip on Tom Brady because obviously he's the GOAT. Um, but he doesn't look like Brady. He looks much more fit. Mm -hmm. He looks like he could be, you know, a tight end almost, Pete. Mm -hmm. I, I know 225 small for a tight end, but he's built well, strong, got a great arm, mm -hmm. played as a true freshman at Illinois when he, you know, started at Oklahoma State, signed there. 
but then transferred into Illinois and put up some very impressive numbers. And we both know that he did a great job against teams that they weren't supposed to beat. Right. So I could have picked, you know, a couple other guys. The other guy that I had my eye on, quite frankly, Pete, was, you know, the one that you and PJ Fleck liked, Cooper Rush hmm. over at uh, Central Michigan. But, hmm. you know, I, I think this is one that you kind of put in your, you know, you just take a look and say, well, maybe there's some good stuff there. Yeah, yeah. And you and I both were talking earlier, we were talking about Stetson Bennett. I mean, you know what? Who's talking about the guy? Nobody. And yet, this guy had an unbelievable year. Was it the people around him? Probably helpful, no doubt. They had great receivers, great linemen, great running backs. But there are some sleepers out there, John, that actually are, are players, I think, even at the next level, even if they're not quite the prototypical size and everything. There's a lot of different guys out there that could be great sleeper picks. Okay, how about on the wide receiver tight end side of things, John? I'm going to throw a guy out there for you that he didn't light it up when it comes to touchdowns, but how about this? Tucker Craft, nobody knows who he is. He played at South Dakota State. Nobody ever really gets a chance to see South Dakota State. It's a really good football program, very much like North Dakota State. They've got players that are going to go to the next level. They maybe were overlooked coming out of high school, but boy, did they perform when they actually got into the big stage for college football. So this kid as a tight end, John, 6'5", 255, he's a 4'6", 40 guy. When you look at his numbers, they are all very close, if not better than most of the competition that everybody else is looking at right now saying, well, you could get this guy, you could get that guy, you could go to Notre Dame, you could get grab all those other players that people actually talk about. But I'll tell you what, this kid is definitely worth it, John, because he's one of those guys, just like everybody in that particular league, they work harder. They, they, they are trying to prove to everybody that they screwed up. Why didn't he get a scholarship to Nebraska? Why didn't he get a scholarship to Iowa or the University of Minnesota? He goes to South Dakota State and has an incredible career. He had 1,100 yards on 92 catches. He did a really nice job, a heck of a blocker. And, and people are starting to realize that tight ends really do matter, I think, in the NFL. Well, that's a fact. They do. And like you've said all the time, they should definitely be targeting them more. Mm -hmm. I've got one that wasn't targeted enough either, Pete. Elijah Higgins, even though he went to the dreaded Stanford University. <laughs> yeah. um, so he is big, though. So mm -hmm. a lot of these guys, of course, you know, starting with Mark Duper when he was with the uh, Dolphins, Pete, um, a lot of the big receivers aren't big. They're good, but they're small. Yeah. And sometimes that works pretty well. You know, Tyreek the Streak ain't going to impress anybody standing in the gym, but his on-the-field production is unbelievable and yeah. speed, of course. Well, this Elijah Higgins, Pete, is listed at 6'3", 235, and he looks bigger than that. <laughs> so there's a lot of D-backs that will be coming in to hit this guy after he catches a ball over the middle or whatever, and mm -hmm. they will be on their backs. That's my prediction because he's a guy that delivers hits. He was only targeted, like I say, or I don't know how many times targeted. That's not quite right. He only had 45 catches, Pete, but mm – -hmm. That could be the quarterback's problem, not his. Yeah. Um, because I would have found this guy a lot more often um, at Stanford than the quarterback did. But 
Elijah Higgins, put him on your board and see where he goes, folks. Yeah, there are some players out there that are worth looking at, and the tight end at Utah is one of them that people do know a little something about because of the fact that the team did so well last year. But I'll tell you what, John, there's some hidden gems out there, and, and if you looked during the free agency this year, a lot of tight ends moving around and a lot of tight ends getting a lot of money, including the Minnesota Vikings paid a tight end to come in as well. So there is money out there and these tight ends are worth looking at. And it's kind of fun to see who are some of the sleepers out there because they will be big names at some point in the near future. They will indeed. Well, thanks for joining us today, folks. He's Pete Najarian. I'm John Najarian. We have Jared working the boards and doing a great job. Sorry about all the stress, Jared, about the hiccups. internet <laughs> coming in and out today. At least mine will be better tomorrow, Pete, because 3.30 today, they're hooking up the new uh, Wi-Fi for the building. Nice. So I'm looking forward to that. But you guys have a good one. We'll be back here tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time.